What's up, everybody? I'm author Janine Mack, and I'm your host of the Janine Unscripted Podcast. For those of you who don't know me, I'm an author, speaker, business owner, mother, friend, lover, and I'm enjoying sharing with you every week on the Janine Unscripted Podcast. I hope this podcast adds value to your life, and if so, please invite your family and friends to join us every week. Please consider sponsoring the Janine Unscripted Podcast. Your sponsorship will allow me to gift my children's books to young readers who are struggling to learn to read and purchase reading materials. Today's podcast is about Try Again, Love After Heartbreak. Ooh, yes, we all have experienced some heartbreak um, in reference to love and relationships, but there is hope. So we're going to find out today about trying again for love after heartbreak. Let's get into it. Let's take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor. All right, and we're back. And again, our topic today is try again, love after heartbreak. All right, so let's jump right into it. I can definitely say from experience of being a woman that has been married and gone through divorce and back to being single and dating, you know, the relationship process is not an easy one in any phase of the relationship process that you're in. But today we're dealing with um, trying again and finding love after a heartbreak. So, you know, the first thing that has to happen is you gotta you gotta hear from the heartbreak, okay? Before we jump back out there into, you know, dating and, and love and being engaged and marriage and even just the foundational thing of friendship, you know, we have to heal from that heartbreak, you know, and, and that's tough because depending on how deep you are into that relationship, meaning time or emotionally and, or emotionally, even physically and financially and spiritually, depending on how invested you were, you know, you can kind of look at your healing time to be the same as your investment time. So for instance, if you were, you know, in a relationship, just say marriage for, you were in a 10 year marriage that ended in a very bitter divorce, you're not going to be over that in a month. Okay. You're just not because there's so many different facets of your life that were tied into your former spouse over that 10 year period. There could be children involved. There could be real estate involved, obviously finances, um, you know, so many things, the things that we don't think about when we're married and, and, and getting separated and getting, getting divorced is that your holidays and family trips were also tied to this individual. You know, you would go see family, your side, family, their side. So not only are you breaking up with that spouse, 
but you're also breaking up with family and friends that were also, you know, physically and emotionally invested in your relationship. So that's one of the parts that, you know, sometimes when you're feuding with that individual so fiercely, you forget about all the supporting people in your life that also get thrown into quite a conjury of trying to figure out whose side they're on and they shouldn't be taking sides, but you know, realistically it happens. Um, you know, who was friends with you first or did you, did you marry into a friendship? You know, you also marry into a family, but sometimes you, you, uh, oftentimes we marry into a friendship. So we also have to break up with those friends, you know? Um, so that in and, in and of itself, that whole, you know, breaking up process, which is a conversation for another time. And, and I promise you, um, you know, with my new relationship book coming out, we're definitely going to do a deep dive in that breaking up process. But for the sake of this podcast, we're talking about if you're on the other side of it, but I definitely just wanted to touch on that because, um, the trying again, part of it can't take place until there is an actual breakup and a healing process. So we'll do a deeper dive. Like I said, more in that in my book and definitely on a separate podcast, but, um, I definitely just wanted to touch that part, um, very quickly, um, before getting into the love after all of that heartbreak. (laughs) So, um, So again, I get it. I have touched every part of relationship status that you could um, be facing right now. You know, being single, never married, then being engaged, being married, being divorced, back to single, you know, in long-term committed relationship, breaking up, you know, it's all cycles, you know? So some things we want to look at as we're getting back into the saddle, you know, we've done our work, we've gotten the the breakup behind us. We got that healing process behind us and we're kind of feeling like, okay, you know what? I feel like I'm able to entrust my heart to another human being and I'm ready to be trusted with someone else's heart. So I want to get back into back into being in a relationship. So just a couple of things that I found in my experience and and also with talking with lots of people and being observant and and reading books on relationships is that um, before we try again, um, let's find out why things failed the first time. Okay. I think that's a very good starting point because you can't move forward into the future without first examining the past. Because if you don't look at why or find out why things fell apart, you're likely to keep repeating that same pattern of thought and behavior and could really ruin a great next time relationship. So some things to think about um, why a relationship failed. Uh, Was there poor communication? Um, not enough, you know, one-on-one time communication, communication or lack, or should I say lack of communication is one of the top three areas in a relationship that causes a breakup. And, and it's so shocking and it's so shocking to many of us that have gone through breakups and, and divorces is that you're like, how did we become so distanced? Why did we stop talking? Because during the dating and courtship phase, I don't know if courtship, 
um, is something that we do uh, in 2021, but we should. Um, but in that dating and courtship phase, it's like you feel like you talked all the time. You know, you're on the phone to two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, knowing you got to get up at six to go to work the next day. Um, and you're just on the phone talking until you fall asleep and you do this. Oh, you hang up first. No, I'll hang up first. Oh, you hang up first, baby. You know, and you know, so it was like all this time talking, you were, you were inseparable with this person. You, you stopped hanging out with friends, you know, you're communicating with them the whole day at work and then boom, you know, you, um, get to being married and there you are with each other every single day. And so it's just like, how did communication stop when that was the one thing we love doing so much, you know, and it's very easy is a very easy answer um, as to why communication stop is because during the dating phase, you are being very intentional about your communication. And so when you get in, got married and got into the everyday mundane routine, knowing that person is there all the time, just like, I'll talk to them later. I'm busy or I'll see them when I get home. So you basically stop making an effort. So that's a big one communication. Um, and then also another layer in communication is what you're communicating. Okay. Are you just talking about, okay, this is what happened on my work day. What happened at your day at work? Um, I got to get the kids to soccer practice and ballet. Okay. Um, what's for dinner? Oh, what happened on news, sports and weather, current events? Um, and then everyone goes to bed but that's not true communication. Okay. That's talk. That's giving the highlight reel of your day. But then what about that part of you that got affected by your day that you're not communicating to that one that you're with, meaning your thoughts and your feelings and what hurt you, what angered you or a situation that happened and how that made you feel and why you felt that way. Like, you know, we stop pulling back those layers of true communication or even telling that person, your spouse, you know what? You are irritating me right now. When you smack your food, that is very annoying. You know what I mean? Or you leaving your clothes and shoes everywhere instead of putting them away when you take them off. That makes me feel like you're like, I'm living with a teenager. You know what I'm saying? So it's like those things where we stop that true, you know, unfiltered communication, that resentment and walls start being built up and you think, well, they should know better. Well, no, maybe they should know better, but they don't know that those actions are bothering you. And so when you hit the mute button on honest communication, then that's how you drift apart and then you just stop communicating altogether. Okay. So if that is one of the areas that caused one of your previous relationships to fail, take note of that and, and fix that. You know, you have to continuously be intentional. One thing that we can't do, let me just take a sidebar is that in relationships, we can't put them on autopilot. I myself have been guilty of that, you know, not knowing better, not having the information and tools I have now. But certainly, um, that's the reason I'm sharing these things with you now, because, you know, many of you listening to this may not be aware. You may not know that that's a thing and it is a thing, 
you know, and like I said before, you know, in that dating and courtship process, when you're trying to get that person and secure, you know, secure the woman, secure the dude, then you're, you're pulling out all the stops. But then when you get them, you can't just put that relationship on autopilot. It just does not work that way. Okay. So communication, another top uh, three thing that causes relationships to fail, especially marriages, or if you're in a cohabitation situation is money, um, you know, and either the lack of it or too much of it, or, you know, just not, um, again, communicating on how those funds are to be spent and allocated. Okay. So that is a thing. All right. So, um, you know, say, well, how can too much money be a problem? It can, when you have a selfish person, um, that just wants to do what they want to do, you know, concerning the finances and, or someone in a relationship that feels like because of their gender that they should make all of the financial decisions in the household um, without any direction or um, any input from the other person. So these are very real things, you know, concerning money. If someone um, grew up without having money and now being married to you, they do have um, money. They may not have learned those financial skills um, to know how to properly manage money. So that, you know, in and of itself, managing credit, um, managing all these things or over purchasing, um, things just because money is there just for the sake of buying stuff, um, that is not needed and never used. Okay. So finances, was that something that caused your relationship to fail? And then I would say, you know, definitely, um, intimacy, whether that's, um, sex or like I said, you know, pulling back those layers to really, um, have intimate conversation. A lot of times that's something that a lot of us have not learned is intimacy. We've only learned about sex. Um, and then the, the physical act of, you know, penetration and intercourse, but haven't learned about that emotional and mental layer, um, which really when you can connect with someone on all of those, uh, levels, um, spirit, soul, mind, and then body, um, that makes that physical intimacy part just amazing. Um, simply amazing. So, you know, um, sometimes there was in relationships when you don't communicate properly what your sexual drive is. So the, um, thing that causes the, uh, the relationship to fail is the lack of, um, uh, sexual intimacy, um, or too much sex that does not have any intimacy attached to it. And then it feels like a chore and a burden. Um, so again, you know, these are things that you really have to do a deep dive in your thought process and say, you know, how really, how, how was our, uh, physical part of our relationship? Did we have intimacy or just did we just have sex? Was it a chore? Was it, um, enjoyable? Um, was it non-existent? <laughs> you know, that's something as well. So we really have to do a deep dive into those things that cause it to fail. Here's a big one that a lot of people, um, don't protect their relationships from, and that's the outside forces. Um, like I said, friends that you may have had that don't like the person that you're with, um, your mother, your father, family members, 
um, people on your job. You really have to put up that um, invisible force field around your relationship. That was something in a previous marriage of mine um, that in-laws became outlaws. Okay. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, that's not a good scenario because then that person feels like they have to choose their family or their spouse where it should, where there shouldn't be a choice there. We already know what the clear choice is. You choose your spouse, um, especially in a marital situation because you stood at the altar and chosen them. And then your family members have to respect that. But if you don't train your family members to respect those marital boundaries, they're going to be out of bounds and out of pocket with how they treat your marriage. Okay. So also friends, you have to establish those boundaries with friends. Be like, okay, I'm not, um, a single girl anymore. I'm a married woman. I'm not a single guy anymore. I can just hang out, smoke, tell lies, play poker, whatever guys do. Um, whatever you do with your friends, you know, okay, now I'm a married man. I have a responsibility to a whole human being and possibly children. So these are my boundary lines that I've set for myself and set for my marriage as a husband and father that I'm not going to go outside those boundary lines for the sake of my friendship with you. And please respect those boundaries. You know, I just can't raise up and and leave out the house two o'clock in the morning, not say where I'm going and come back, you know, uh, a day later. It just doesn't work that way. You know, women, same thing. You know, our girlfriends can be very opinionated, okay? Um, We feel that we can be opinionated concerning their love life. Um, And and they, you know, feel like they can be that way with ours. But again, that's going to be, you know, you setting up boundaries um, with your girlfriends, what you're going to tell them, what you're not going to tell them for the sake of the sanctity of your relationship and not to invite drama into your household. Because how many times many of us had a good guy or a good girl that got driven away by outside forces of family, friends, and the opinions of coworkers, okay? So you have to, you know, take those things into account that those are forces that could really make or break your relationship depending on how you have them, those other relationships set up in your life, okay? All right. So another area, once we figure out what caused that past relationship to fail and really drill down into those areas in our thought process, maybe even write those things down. And, and that's why I always say, I like to write things down, you know, kind of journal that out, um, because you can be completely honest with a sheet of paper, you know, whether you're going to use the note feature on your cell phone or, you know, go old school like me, pen and paper and really get those thoughts out because then you can see them and really understand where you are and and where you need to go, you know? All right. So getting into the next area, after we have drilled down into that, find out, you know, how we failed and why. And then the next thing is that next step is what can we do to improve on those areas and what do we need to do differently so that we can be successful? Okay. So if you're someone who's not really good with managing money, is this a good time while you're single is to get some books about 
managing money, you know, how to manage money well, um, managing money for dummies, you know, um, it's all kinds of um, published resources available to us. You can go, hey, Google, you know, or hey, Siri, um, give me 10 tips on how to better manage my money. You don't even have to, you know, go out and buy books. You know, I like buying books because those are great resources. Just pull out of, you know, off the bookshelf, off the nightstand, out of the drawer um, that's readily available to you. So you don't have to do Internet searches and you have your book. You can underline things, um, highlight things um, that you can reference back to in your everyday life. Okay. So this is a good time, you know, for you to, um, tighten up on those areas, um, that you wrote down off your initial list, um, to see where you can improve. And then not just knowing that, okay, I need to improve on this areas. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe I, I give off a wrong tone. Uh, maybe I'm too aggressive when it comes to making my point where the other person feels like I'm domineering or controlling the situation or being overbearing. Maybe I need to tone it down, um, and give and be aware that, okay, I've been told that I don't give people a word in edgewise. I just like to make my point and then I'm done, you know? So that's something that is a character flaw, a communication flaw that needs to be worked on. Okay. Um, you know, or is it your cleanliness? Okay. Maybe you're not taking care of your hygiene to the standard that would keep someone attracted to you. Okay. Do you need to invest, you know, in some body wash, some dial soap, some, some, some toothpaste, some mouthwash, some floss, you know, um, go to the dentist and get some bad tea taken out so that your breath doesn't smell that, you know, it may be overpowering a breath mint or gum, you know, and I know sometimes, you know, when I've been in high school, you know, you get cracked on for something like that, but now in your adult life, it's time to move past that and like take hold of your, of your dental future because yes, bothering other areas of your life. So if someone sees that, okay, maybe you got their attention, but you can't keep their attention because they see that you are not taking the necessary steps to take your own self seriously to take care of your health and your hygiene. Okay. So that's not good. That's unattractive. So, you know, to them that can be like, okay, you know, 10 years from now, because boo won't take care of his teeth, his or her teeth. We're going to have a health issue because dental hygiene will affect physical hygiene. Okay. So that's not something to be, you know, taken lightly or for a joke or anything like that, but it's very, very real in the sense that it can cause a scenario in your life that is, um, causing you damage in relationships. Okay. Um, also taking care, um, of your physical health, you know, if you need to do things to, um, you know, get some blood work done, see how you feeling. Maybe you're, you have neglected taking care of your physical health and you feel fatigue all the time. So then you only want to rest. You don't want to go out. And so your spouse feels neglected, you know, by not being able to go out on dates and go out and do fun things because you're always tired. Okay. And you feel so run down. 
you know, maybe you need to see a doctor about taking vitamins, your blood check, make sure you're okay, drinking water, doing, doing things like that. Because if a doctor visit can help improve your relationship, because you, you know, they can get you on the right track with a healthy eating regimen, um, or something like that so that you have stamina and energy, um, stamina to have in the bedroom and also just to go out on dates, to be awake, <laughs> to spend time with the person you love. You know, sometimes we just tired, you know, do we need to clear some stuff off of our plate? Okay. So this is that time to really, um, put those new things into practice that have, um, hurt our relationships in the past. All right. So this is a very, very good time to do those things and, um, help us to prepare for, and be successful when it's time to try again. All right. So let's, like I said, not only just know, um, the things that went wrong, but take that time to also improve, um, so that we can do things differently. And then the third thing, um, if you're ready to try again, we already did the deep dive to find out what failed. We did our improvement, um, got our improvement plan in place and acting on that improvement plan. Then that third thing that you need to do is put yourself in a position to try again. What do I mean by that? If you want to try again in love and relationship, you cannot be at home. I'm sorry to tell you, you cannot be at home. I know we're getting on the other side of a, a pandemic. However, um, outside of the pandemic, you cannot meet people at home. And I'm sorry, being on the internet is, is it, it ain't it. That ain't it. If you um, don't believe me, listen to my last uh, podcast um, called Singling But Still Not Mingling. Okay, and we really broke that process down. You have to meet people in person organically, not behind a keyboard. You know, you may start on an app or a social media, but at some point you have to get face to face with the public. You've got to put yourself in a position that you can be dated, that you can find someone to date, okay? And that's a beautiful thing. That's not a bad thing. It's not an embarrassing thing, but you have to put yourself in a position. I know several women that want Prince Charming, Mr. Right, to just show up on their doorstep and say, I believe you're the woman for me. I've been looking for you. They would probably call the police on this man and, and, and try to have him Baker acted. First of all, for stalking, how did you find me? And second of all, are you kidding me? Are you crazy? You don't even know me. How can you say you're the right person for me? But that's the mindset that we take on when we don't position ourselves, right? Come on, when we don't position ourselves to be found by that person. You've got to actually put yourself out there. You have actually got to ask someone, would you like to go on a date with me? I would like to go on a date with you. Or would you like to go hang out? Whatever terminology you, you want to use, date, hang out, chill, whatever, whatever that terminology you're using, you have to take that next step and invite that person out. It's going to be scary. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a little nerve wracking. You're going to have butterflies in your stomach. You don't want to get rejected. You know, it's like, oh, I hate the dating process. But what other, what, uh, what other process is there? How else 
are we going to make that human contact? How else are we going to make that connection with our person? How are we going to find our person if we're not actually actively out there seeking this person? Okay. Um, you cannot be at home. You cannot be in silence. You cannot use mental telepathy, you know, to, you know, send out a brainwave signal out into the world and the universe at large and hope that the, the guy or the girl for you is going to tune into that mental telepathy channel and come to you, you know? No, the, the human mating and dating process doesn't work that way. So you have got to put yourself out there. You know, now that um, COVID restrictions are lightening up, you, you're going to have to go to a restaurant, go to the grocery store, you know, stop ordering everything to be delivered. And your uh, Amazon delivery guy, your FedEx guy, your UPS guy, the mailman, they done all seen you and they ain't the one for you. You don't like them, okay? They don't like you because you order stuff too much. <laughs> so let's eliminate that. It's not going to be any of those people, you know, could be an Uber driver. I don't know. But the point is, is that you've got to then put yourself out there because that's the only way you're going to be able to put to the test all this, uh, hard work that you've been doing on yourself, right? That that's the only way you're going to know if it's being effective is you got to go test that out on somebody. You got to test that out. And, and it's not to say you're going to fall in love and have all the feels with the first person you meet and go out with. But the point is, is to go ahead and test drive the work that you've done. Okay. To see if you have truly learned anything from your time of, um, after that initial heartbreak and that time of healing and then reassessing everything. That's the only way you're going to know. You got to test that out. You got to test drive the new you. Okay. And then say you get that date, they say yes, and everything's going, and then guess what? You're gonna repeat that, right? Cause we're not trying to lock down the first person that agreed to go out with us. You know, we gotta, we gotta test that on other people. Or maybe you are, you may hit the bullseye that first go around. You know, you, you, um, start assessing people a lot differently in your selection process, which is that's probably something you learn during your single downtime is that I choose people out of this particular dating pool. So I want to choose people out of this particular lifestyle dating pool. Okay. So that's a good thing. So maybe you, you, you have a better selection process in who you're choosing to ask out and date. So that's, is what I got for you. You know, we, if we go through those steps successfully and, and we've really done that soul work and that soul S O U L soul work and that, you know, mental work and that emotional work, we'll set ourselves up for success the next time around when we try again. And that's a beautiful thing, right? That's a beautiful thing. Or maybe you may find that you know what? You truly enjoy your singleness. You're not ready to commit and that's okay too. So you're trying again, maybe trying being single 
okay? And, and being solo so that you can really focus on yourself and doing those things, your dreams and your goals that you always wanted to do without any distraction or interruption from anyone else. And you may find that that's your zhush, that's your feel, that's your, that's your thing, okay? And don't let people pressure you to get into relationships because they don't understand the journey that you're on to be single and decide to be single and non-married or not have a committed relationship. That's okay. But you're never going to find that out about yourself until you walk through that process. Okay. So let's do it. Um, let's get this trying going. Um, and let's put these steps into place so that we can set ourselves up for relationship success. There is love after heartbreak. If that's what you're seeking, you will find it. Let's take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor. Thank you so much for joining me on the Janine Unscripted Podcast. As we discussed today, try again, love after heartbreak. I hope this podcast added value to your life. And if so, please invite your family and friends to join us every week for the Janine Unscripted Podcast. Please consider sponsoring the Janine Unscripted Podcast. Your sponsorship dollars will allow me to gift my children's books to young readers who are struggling to learn to read and buy those reading materials. This has been a production of Mac Media Moguls, LLC. You can connect with me today on social media. I'm on Instagram at jmacspeaks or on my business page at Mac Media Moguls. My website is www.macmediamoguls.com. And there you can subscribe and keep in touch with me to see everything that's happening. And also you can purchase all of my children's books there. I'm on YouTube under Janine Unscripted. Thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking with you all again next week. Have a good one.